This is Casey LaValle. He's got a lot of kids in this audience. Clinton, Clayton, Abigail. Y'all call her Abby, I guess. And one at home that one week ago at 108 a.m., if y'all remember, put on his Lord in baptism. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting a standing Manny spot right here because Manny would be praying over his dad, and I know he'd rather be here than some stinky football camp or whatever's going on in his life. So he had to go home for some stuff, but we're really proud that Manny did that, made that decision, amen? Uh, I know... I'm pretty sure what he'd say, he'd say this man never has given up on him. Um, I've been praying that Manny would make that decision for years and years, right? Um, and I, I'm pretty sure this guy goes to every ball game, everything that Manny participates in. There's no doubt these kids know that their daddy loves them. Uh, but better than that, he loves the Lord. Uh, he loves all you guys. He's going to deliver some message, so let's pray over him and uh, we'll let him go. God, we love you. And Lord, I, I I think I can speak for all these people. I'm just really glad to be right here, right now. Uh, it's a cool place to be, God. We're thankful that you allow us to be at Blue Haven and uh, that we're sitting on this spot with these people that love us. Uh, and we know uh, that you're the creator of the universe and you sent your son, Jesus to die for us and he's alive preparing a place lord we're confident in that and we're thankful for this family thankful for casey tonight and we pray lord that you'll help him as he delivers this message uh, lord that you'll help us to open our ears and listen uh, to your message through your servant casey tonight we pray all this in jesus name amen there you go all right Yeah, I need a microphone because I don't talk very loud. My kids would say, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> you know, there's no place that I would rather be uh, than right here at Camp Blue Haven with you guys. Kim and I have been coming here or, hang on about a little over 20 years teaching and every year I feel personally for me I can't speak for Kim or for any of you but I feel as though I get closer to God every year I come here and I feel like I get closer to you and I was given the topic of armor of God and I was thinking about so many different things, and I was listening to all of you that have spoken and done a great job these past two weeks. And I simply like to ask questions, so I'm just going to ask you a question, and you can answer it. It's okay. What do you think of, what comes to mind when you think of armor? Somebody tell me. Protects what? Okay, what else? Metal. Metal? Okay. I kind of like that answer, dude. I'll have to think about that one. What else? Battle. Who goes to battle? 
soldier. You know, there are over history. I don't know why this thing keeps moving on me. Over history, I love history. In fact, I got a college degree in history, and my kids love that. But, but, uh, and I could talk about history all day long. But I'll tell you one thing that I'm very proud of, even though looking at the armor that they had back in the, you know, the Civil War, which wasn't much, all the way up to now, it's amazing. Uh, one of our brothers here, uh, Joel, where are you at? Hey, can you come here for a sec? <clears throat> Y'all know Joel. Yeah, Joel! Love you, Joel! Love you, Joel! That's my Joel man. <laughs> That's right. My brother Joel here, I want to tell you something about this man right here. This man right here has served, what'd you say, three? Three tours in Afghanistan. And yeah, let's go ahead and give that to him. And there may be some, some of you here also that are in the military, and I want to tell you this, that there is no one, in my opinion, that is more patriotic when it comes to our country and the men and women that serve than me. And this man right here served to protect you and I. But his armor was a little bit different than maybe some of the armor that's been going on for the last couple hundred years or so, or a thousand years. His helmet might have been a little different, don't you think? Uh, maybe your uh, chest protection, maybe. Just a little, yeah. The things that these guys put on just to be able to protect themselves because they're protecting us is quite amazing. And we can look over time at all the different types of armor. But when I, I'll be honest, when I think of armor, I think of these guys right here who have put it on every day for us. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you, brother. But there's different types of armor, isn't there? There's all different kinds. Of, I'm going to tell you of another one. Would all the 5th and 6th graders stand up, please? 5th and 6th graders. Some are right there, some are right here. What you're looking at is spiritual armor. After Josh decided to hike them to Albuquerque and back... And these guys come strolling in about 7 o'clock. <clears throat> and we're feeding them. And I'm standing there. I feel so bad. You guys can be seated now. I appreciate it. But you know what they did? They persevered. They didn't quit. Where's Corbin? Where's little Corbin? Come here, buddy. I'm going to show you a spiritual so uh, soldier right now. He may not look like a soldier, but this is my soldier. I'm going to tell you why. Because Chad got in that van. <laughs> you remember this, Chad? He got in that van, 
He said, I'm going to go pick him up. He's struggling. He says, get in the van, right? You know what Corbin said? No. I want to finish. I want to finish. That's a spiritual soldier. I want to tell you something, Camp Blue Haven. The kingdom of God needs more disciples of Jesus Christ that says, I want to finish. Thank you for being that example, buddy. You can go sit down. You can look all through the Bible at different different people that we read about that have finished. The Apostle Paul, in talking to the uh, elders from Ephesus, he says this, I consider my life worth nothing to me. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, listen, my only aim is to finish the race, Paul says, and complete the task that the Lord has given me. Paul also told us to live is Christ and to die is gain. One of my favorite characters, favorite people in all of the Bible is actually found in the book of Joshua. And it's Caleb. Caleb was one of the original spies who went in and was going to spy out the land and they came back and talking about how the giants and so forth and everybody was scared later in life because they had to be able to wander in the wilderness we see in Joshua 14 the attitude of a finisher the attitude of someone who's putting on armor and I love this listen to what Caleb says he says so Here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle right now as I was then. And then he goes on to say, now give me this mountain. Man. Do you guys realize how powerful that is? I don't even think I'll live to be 85 years old. Lord willing, I hope. But but at 85, I don't think I'm going to be jumping up and down to put the armor on, physical armor, and go to battle, to fight. Caleb wanted to be able to do that because, guys, he loved God. He wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it because he loved God. And he knew his place under God. Man, what a finisher. I could go on. The Bible is replete with so many different examples of finishers. It's incredible. But he was a finisher. So what about you and I? We talk about finishers all day long. But what about you and I? Counselors are going to 
get prepared here in just a moment and if you want to go ahead and start getting ready for that I'll give you some time they're actually going to finish the lesson tonight but what about you and I are you a finisher and how can we finish I want to tell you a story and I want you to pay attention. I know they're going to do their thing, but I want you to pay attention to me, okay? I love this story. It's one. It's a story that happened to me, and I tell this story. If you've heard it, then you guess what? You get to hear it again. But when I was about six or seven years old, my brothers and I, we used to love to play football in the house. I had three older brothers. They were in high school when I was seven. So we would take all the furniture out of the living room. We had a pretty big living room. And they would get the cushions of the couch, and they would hold one. I got to stay on my feet, but they had to be on their knees. And we'd hit the little Nerf football, and it would, you know, then when they'd take off, and they'd be on their knees coming at me. And I was only, I was a little guy, believe it or not. At one time, I was pretty small. And we had this great carpet. It was green shag carpet. Loved it. Well, the only thing I could think to do was, was actually to take my toes and I'd sit there and work them into that shag carpet and get down there as tight as I could. And then I'd just pull my toes in and just try to hold on. And they'd say, hut, and they'd be running and come right at me. And I mean, I would just get blown up. I'd get obliterated. And I'd get back up and I'd come back up there. They'd do it again, I'd just get blown up again. Sometimes they knocked the air out of me and they say, You're fine, you big baby, get up. <laughs> and my dad happened to walk in one day while we were playing, because I was trying to I was gasping for air and he was wondering what was going on. And he came to me and he kinda had a little smile I think on his face. I think he thought it was funny. But he said, Let me share something with you. He said, the harder you hit them, the less it'll hurt you. I was like, what? He said, you still may not do make you know any headway, but the harder you hit, the less it'll hurt you. So the next time we got ready, I dug my toes down into that carpet. And at this time, I was ready. When they said hut, I used it like a springboard, and I took off running, and I hit my brother, I mean smack as hard as I could. And I bounced right off and went right back on my back, just like I'd been doing almost every time. But it didn't really hurt that time, because I was going forward. I was moving. I was progressing. And I was like, Wow. This actually worked. The outcome was way better. I want to tell you something. That's exactly what Paul was saying in Ephesians 6. Whenever he says, stand firm then, we talked about that. Stand firm then. He's saying, use the armor of God. Not just to stand there. The context is not just stand there and get beat up, but to dig in a little bit is the idea that he's giving. And listen to me. Once you dig in with the arm, full armor of God, then you got to go full speed ahead and defeat Satan once again. And not only for yourself, but for all of those that are around you. 
And the reason I can say that is, is because in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says to go into all the world. He says to go, to move, to proceed, to move yourself. And if we take the full armor of God and we actually move forward, the idea is you cannot be standing still. Now some of you think that it might be okay to do nothing. That's pointless. I've tried. Nobody will listen to me. In players a week ago, my favorite thing of the whole thing is what Micah said. Whenever he said, you wouldn't think it was pointless if you actually went to battle. You guys are about to leave. It's time to go to battle. It's time to rise up. Do what's right for Christ. Do what's right for the God that created you and created all of this around us. And share it with other people. We got to go to battle. We got to be faithful. And we got to be a finisher. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 says, Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Put on that armor. Go to battle. Be faithful. Be a finisher. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and listen to this, and pray in the spirit in all occasions. That's your message. We can rise up, dig in, and take the word to the world. And we can defeat Satan once again. Christ defeated him. But he's still after you guys. He's after me. He's after all of us. But we can take him down. Just like Jesus said, get behind me. I love that. He can stay behind you too. Keep him there. They're going to demonstrate for you the, the rest of this and all so that nobody say anything or do anything let's just remain quiet and I'll hand this over to them finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the de devil For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against rulers and against authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Did you know that the belt gave the Roman soldier his identity? It set him apart from an ordinary citizen. And the belt of truth does the same for us. It gives us identity. When you believe the truth, you know that you are a child of God. And when you wrap yourself in that truth, you believe what God says about you and who you are and who he is. And with that, you can stand firm. It gives you strength at your core. And you can be ready for the battle that is at hand. Amen. 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 And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, 
The breastplate of righteousness is a piece of armor that God has given you as a protection against evil, the evil that seeks to take hold of your heart and to corrupt it. The necessity of your heart being morally right in the sight of God is vital in your walk with Him. This is the gift that God has given you, the breastplate, so that you might have a way to resist Satan's attacks against your heart. God is your protection. It is His Spirit that dwells inside of this breastplate, and it is by Him and Him alone that you are made righteous. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. As Christians, it's our mission to share the good news. Shoes stand for readiness. When you put on a pair of shoes, you commit to starting your day, to going out, to running your race. Putting on your shoes is half the battle. But a good pair of shoes doesn't just protect your feet from rough terrain. No, it stabilizes your body and it protects you from harm. God has given us the perfect pair of shoes, the gospel of peace, the story of his son, that withstands against hardships, rough terrain, and that upholds against all false teaching. Don't be afraid to share the gospel, because the gospel of peace has equipped you, stabilizes you, and protects you. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. When I'm in the midst of life's storms and the devil is shooting arrow upon arrow at me, I take up the shield of faith and I actively hold it out in front of me. The hope that I have in Jesus Christ and the fact that he is risen and that he has overcome the world gives me the strength to cling to my faith even when I can barely hold on. Also, the shield of faith is something I share. I get to share my faith with others to show how God has worked in my life and how he has protected me from the flaming arrows of the enemy. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, first and foremost, protects your mind. It is a piece of the armor that covers your ears from Satan's lies. When the world tells you that you're not enough, that you're trash, that you're not worthy, the helmet of salvation says, no, our salvation is found in Christ Jesus. Moreover, the helmet of salvation is not just a defensive piece of armor. It is also offensive. Salvation is found in Christ so that we can know where our hope is found, so that we can know and have full assurance that our salvation is determining where we are going someday, that we have full assurance that we can know and not just feel like what the world tells us, but that we can know that we will someday be in heaven with Christ. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword isn't something that you pick up and can wield right, right away. You have to practice. Roman soldiers would practice and practice and practice with their swords. They would spar against each other, trying to make themselves better so that they would know how they could get into combat and how they could be effective. The Word of God, this sword, is in the same way you need to practice it. You need to know it. You need to spar with it. You need to constantly use it and live in it. Because this sword, this sword can cut. This sword is sharp. It's sharper. It's living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces the division between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Y'all, that's sharp. But most of all, with this sword, you have to realize something. Something that's 
that we see in Ephesians 6 that our, our, our war, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is not against your friends. It's not against your church. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the evil forces of darkness, against rulers, authorities, and this present darkness that is over the world. That's who our battle's against, and that's who this sword cuts and defends us from. This sword is sharp, and we have to know, and we have to practice with it to know how to wield it and who to wield it against. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. It's no coincidence that before Paul describes the armor, he describes the spiritual battle that we're in. And because of that, our armor is not physical. It's spiritual armor. It's also no accident that right after describing the armor, he talks about prayer. Our primary weapon in this battle is prayer. Our prayer is that we would know the truth of who God is and who we are in Him. That we would clothe ourselves with the righteousness of Christ. That we would be ready to share the gospel of peace at all times. That we would look in awe at the faithfulness of God, thereby extinguishing Satan's doubts and lies. That we would know where our salvation is found and that we may be continually sharpened by God's Word. Mm. Our prayer is not for for myself alone in this manner, our prayer is for, for the body, that we may stand together as an army, speaking hope and truth and grace and love into each other, mm. speaking life into each other and into this fallen world. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you. You're a holy Father and you're righteous. God, and you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. I pray that you will help us as we go from here, God. Help, help these young people to, to put on your armor. God, you've given us the ability to be prepared. Help us to be prepared. God, and I pray that you will help us to run full-fledged towards you and as hard and as fast as we can. God, and when we get hit and knocked down, I pray that you will help us uh, to help each other up and to get back up and to persevere. God, we thank you for the perseverance um, that Jesus had that we got to watch, that we have to witness. And Lord, we thank you for the example of his life. God, we love you and we need you. Uh, we recognize that, and that's why we come before you. Father, lead us, guide us, help us as we go from here. Pray these things in Christ Jesus' holy and precious name.